The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, it's just it's not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barcelona Femini. Like, they're just incredible. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Still look on at some of them players thinking, I want to be there. Yeah, the next minute, you're the best. It, it, <laughs> it's mad how quick it changed. Did it? Yeah. yeah. So, it, like, for me to go in with with, with Duncan, obviously, Stubbsy, um, obviously, all of them who I've, I've grew up watching. And, yeah. Mark um, Pembridge, yeah. them kind, you know. <laughs> but to, go, to, to then go and play with them, um, train with them every day and, mm. and play with them and then so quickly I remember thinking these are crap <laughs> Kev <laughs> who's he talking about Kev? Hi Jay <laughs> Name names Well he mentioned Duncan, Duncan and Stubbsy didn't he so it must be it must be those guys eh? I think he was uh, I think he was naming them safe in the knowledge that it wasn't them they were the only ones he still has some respect for You, when did you get there? I came, well, Wayne played, made his debut at the end of that season. So, you know, obviously the famous Arsenal goal played two or three games or made a couple of appearances. And then I, I signed in the summer just after that. So he probably only played two or three games a night when I arrived. All right. So you were one of the new arrivals and he's like, oh man, look at this. Look at what we're getting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, He went to see the manager knocking on the door saying he wants Champions League quality, you know. There you go. There you go. I delivered that in eighteen months' time after. So after Wayne's gone, so you know there was no complaints. Then was it? There you go. I love the way the yeah. interviewer mentions Mark Pembridge and Wayne just oh, has a little shots giggle. Fired. Just a little giggle. You didn't play yeah. with Mark Pembridge, Kev? Did you? Poor Mark Pembridge sitting there going, no, "What am I doing?" No. Well, Mark Pembridge. To be fair to him, he was Wales international. He was a good player. He was, yeah, indeed. But around that time as well, obviously. We, we'd gone in and the club were, was definitely in a, in a bit of transition. Wayne obviously went the following summer after that, after the Euros. Um, but it, it was, Wayne was, Wayne, I, I think was, we saw the frustration in Wayne every single day in training. I don't know if it was frustration or just the way that he played because Wayne would hack everybody down virtually every day. And it was, um, it was a period of, of the club when I don't really know I don't think they knew at the time where they were going to be going to. The budgets were slashed on Moisey and he was having to try to get players in around, you know, obviously lesser wages and Duncan, Kevin Campbell and players like this was on. So it was a tough period for the club as well. But good characters, great characters in that club. There really was, yeah. When you got there, were you impressed or otherwise with the quality of the squad? Like, did you think similarly to Rooney going, actually, I thought some of these players were better? Or were you like, actually, this isn't bad. We could do something here. Uh, no, I thought they were, I thought very good players, very good players. I mean, you've probably seen the Wayne documentary. You've probably seen the Rooney documentary, the one that they had on Prime. And he says the same sort of thing. He just says it differently. He just said, I knew I was the best player in, in the club within, you know, two training sessions or one training session. Uh, so I, I'd heard all that before from him, really. And um, I think that's just his way, the way that he's um, he's trying to describe things. But no, it, Jerry, they were good players. They really, Duncan was a Duncan was very, very good. Probably underrated. Like he mentioned, Stubbsy there, uh, David Weir, Steve Watson, Tommy Gravison. Tommy Gravison was oh, yeah. top class. Went to went to Real Madrid. So uh, no, we had we had really good players. It's just that Wayne was was better than all those good players. You know? Yeah, he he was genuinely proper Champions League world class quality. Uh, so how long did he stay? I actually don't know. How many years did you play with him? 
Uh, I had one full season, yeah, the one full season with him. And then he was gone after that straight away. So they didn't even like yeah. hang on to him. Nowadays, you'd like to think that they'd be able to hang on to him for three seasons and get to the fringes of Champions League football, use his goals to make some extra money and, um, and maybe keep him. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what, that's what you, you'd like to think does happen. But he was that good, Jay. That was the thing. Even you know at sixteen, seventeen, when he was when he was in the side there, he he was honestly that good, and you you were watching him in training every day, and you were seeing the power that he had, and how he could you know we we had Joseph Yobo, um, Nigerian international, who was probably the the quickest player that I would have played alongside. So strong, so quick. Wayne was not quite as quick, but nearly as quick as him, but so much stronger than him he could just outpower him and Joseph Yobo had probably played his whole career where he'd been the strongest player maybe coming through his youth teams and things like that the quickest player and all of a sudden he's got this kid who can just out out muscle him who can just you know brush him aside of the ball and then he's nearly as quick as him so if he gives Wayne an extra yard like he used to do with certain players he'd always be able to catch up whereas he wouldn't catch Wayne because Wayne would get away and finish so you know which, which, whatever you brought to, to, to whatever you, your skill set was within any squad, and probably Man United would have seen it as well to an extent. Wayne was better. Wayne had a different. Wayne had better skill set and better strength, better pace than virtually every player he come up against. So that was the difference that that he had. Did he ever hack you in training, Kev Rooney? Oh yeah, once or twice. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was he, he, honestly he. He trained like he used to play, and every single day. Uh, and I mean, I think we've had these conversations when I've been on with you guys before. I used to, um, I used to live in between Liverpool and Manchester, so I'd drive over to, to Liverpool, and I'd probably get in at maybe eight, eight fifteen, eight thirty every morning. And Wayne was invariably always on the training ground. I, I think he got out on the training ground at seven thirty, seven forty-five, whatever it was, and he was practicing. He had an, an unbelievable desire. I don't think it was a desire to get better. It wasn't. I don't think he had the mindset of, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on a technical aspect of my game to become better at a certain thing. You know, like some players, I think a lot of players now have, um, have a, you know, a, a real mindset from a young age. I've got to become better at a certain skill set because my right foot's not better. I'm not great at heading. Uh, you know, I've got to work on my first touch or whatever it would be. Wayne just had. This this kid in him that just wanted to play football every single day, and you'd see him out, you know, volleying balls. Lads go out to training every day, and you know we have obviously the um, the prehab and type of, of um, you'd be doing your prehab before training, make sure that everything's right. You're working on your stretching, you're working on anything. Wayne never did that. Wayne wouldn't stretch. He would go out and smash a hundred balls into the goal. And everything that every sort of uh, sports scientist, every sort of fitness coach is telling you not to do, Wayne would do it. He just had an unbelievable desire just to play football. That was how he was. That's kind of the anger stuff that he talks about coming out, I think, is it smashing the ball again and again and again, even though you know at some level this might not be the best thing for you, you're still going to do it. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, would you say anger? Would you say a, an aggressive side to his game? But he did, Joe. He was. He, he, he Honestly... Invariably, I, I, maybe not once a day, but once every other day, once twice a week in training, there would be you know an over the top tackle, you know, 
potentially injuring somebody. Um, he kind of knew it was going to come with Wayne and that was on virtually every single player on the training ground. He he had that way about him where he just, he he, he played every training session or he, the way he trained every single day was as if it was a Champions League final or if it was, you know, an FA Cup final or, you know, a, a big game that's going to secure you the Premier League title. That was how he, he used to train every single day and he would go over the top at times. That's how he was, but he's, was, um, that was his DNA. He's he's obviously a man who, at some point along the way, has got therapy because he's talked about having anger issues. And that I think in that documentary and, and various places as well, you, that doesn't that wasn't obvious, or was that like in respect? Ah, okay. When he was trying to crush these uh, grown men in their thirties who were just trying to make a living <laughs> at training and potentially end their careers, maybe that's how that manifested itself. Uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think in the documentary, I think he does allude to it, doesn't he? About, about, um, the way that he trained and things like that. Yeah, the, the anger issues, I suppose. I don't think he, he mentions it specifically like that, but they, they were on, they were, they were somewhere underlying the whole time, Jay. They, they were ready to just to bubble to the surface. I think that's the way that he was. And as you say, I was in my twenties then, Jay, probably mid twenties at that stage, but, um, not quite reaching my thirties, but, um, there was a lot of guys that, I think maybe it was, I think when he realised he was better and, you know, that there was nowhere for him to go at Everton, you know, if, if as much as, you know, he got a lot of stick for leaving Everton, he'd just, be, just become top scorer at the Euros. He, it was almost he had to go, you know, that Everton had had a huge offer for him that had come in. Where, where did, did Wayne see his career? He saw himself winning titles and I think it was almost as if that was it. He was done around this group of players because he is so much better than them. You know, I'm stronger than you. I'll, I'll, I'll kick the shit out of you, whatever it would be. And I need to move on somewhere now where they're going to suit my style of play and, and, and be fitting to my standard of play too. Was it that season you guys qualified for the Champions League, the season he left? Or the year after? Yeah. That's, so that's that, that no, next no, season? That right. That year, yeah. We, we were in a bit of turmoil that summer when he left. Moy, David Moyes was under a lot of pressure. Um... We replaced Wayne Rooney with Marcus Bent, actually. Um, so like that, like. that maybe that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think we paid three hundred, four hundred thousand for, for Marcus Bent. I think it was from Ipswich. There was no money in the club, so you know you, you're getting thirty million in for Wayne Rooney, and, you, and you're only and Moise's budget was probably only two million because I think we signed Tim. Tim Cahill came in. We signed him for two million from Millwall. Tim was a great signing, you know, an attacking midfielder. You, you'd probably say. Tim ended up being that type of replacement for Wayne because he was the one that was the the midfield link who just used to go in and get goals. Not no nowhere near nowhere near the class of of, of Wayne. Don't get me wrong, but he was the guy that was able to go and get the goals. I, I suppose so. Moise's budget after selling a thirty million pound player was was probably three million, something like that. So it shows where the club actually was at that time and. And then the, the club got better and maybe off that Wayne Rooney money over a, a period of time of 10 years, David Moyes went on to have a really successful uh, club there at Everton. Presumably Rooney's top of the pile, Kev, in terms of players you've played with, is he? Um, I mean, I've said it a lot. I Honestly, the only one I think at the age of 17 is, is Robbie, Robbie Keane. There was very little difference, you know, in, in terms of, Physical physicality. Robbie didn't have the physicality, but in terms of his ability and the natural ability, just just go out and play. He didn't need to go out stretching. He didn't need to go out and do do anything like that. Robbie, I I do and I say it a lot. I think Robbie was equally as good, not for what he could bring in terms of being able to run by somebody and you know have that devastating effect on a game. 
But Robbie could have a devastating effect on a game in a different way. And even on the training ground, we, we'd see that with Robbie. Um, there was very little difference at 17 between Robbie and, and Wayne. But Robbie was Irish, so he didn't get the same sort of credit that... Um, if, if Robbie was English, you'd be talking about Robbie as a player that that was, you know, in the, in the Bobby Charlton mould. Because if Robbie played in that England side and he got in at 17 and 18, Robbie would have been a player that had 50 international goals. I'd, I'm convinced of that, honestly. And I, would would Ray, Wayne Rooney have been able to do what Robbie could do in our side? Probably yes. But but Robbie was very, very special. Yeah, very special. His longevity as well, the, the dedication to his craft uh, is something that, that Robbie has um, that maybe gets a little bit underrated. Let's talk a little bit about um, the World Cup stuff before, because obviously you're in Qatar for the World Cup. What about Brazil? What What's the truth here about them? Um, uh, Colin or Shane was making the point earlier on, they haven't yet played anybody who's really put it up to them properly. Oh, is there a possibility that maybe when they come they, up against a good team? Maybe, maybe, but let's be honest now. Could you see... I mean, I watched. We spoke about Croatia before the tournament. You've asked me, and I, I've, I've watched Croatia thirty times before the tournament, maybe twenty times, whatever it is. And I said they're, they're a good side. You know, I saw them outplay France recently prior to the tournament. And a lot of people do get you know fixated with the form going into a tournament, saying, "Oh, they beat France, and France have lost. France are not in great form." And then France turn up for a tournament and do what they're doing right now. So I don't necessarily think that, but I just know that this Croatian side are a very good side. You know, runners up four years ago. They've 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 produced, haven't they? And they've got they've got amazing football players. And then I watched them yesterday in that Japan game, and I'm like, oh, look, Japan are not a great side. They can't raise the game. So if you're using that analogy of not coming up against great sides, I, I don't I don't have it. You have to you have to do the business. And you know, South Korea had an unbelievable game plan to how they're going to stop them. They played against, they played against Switzerland in this World Cup. They played against Serbia again, who were another very, very good side. You can't get away from that. I know Cameroon beat them, but they had ten changes or whatever it was. So you're not going to really judge them on that um, Cameroon performance. And South Korea had a game plan. They set up with a way to go and try and beat them. And they they had a, you know tactically they've they've done well to get out of the group. They're not a great side, and I and I know that. But um, last night was was special watching them. It was so so special to see that the movement on them, the setup on them, and we get away from the fact is that how unbelievably hard working this team are. They, they they work so hard, and the different from many Brazil sides because Brazil in the past would have just got the the, the great Brazil sides, Joe, that we would have seen in, you know, 86 and 90 and that didn't quite make it. And then the brilliant Brazil sides of all two. In our lifetime, Joe, we, we, we maybe remember 86, we maybe remember 90. Do you remember Brazil really taking apart a side like they did last night against South Korea in that 36 minutes, really taking them apart and going to just blitz them and score the four goals, game over? I don't remember a Brazil side doing that. And every side now, the way that they're set up tactically, are way better than they were in 86 and 90 and, and even all two. And, and they were special teams. Don't get me wrong, they're special sides. So I, I don't take the, that analogy, no, they've not played a great side yet. I, I, I think sides that have better players will be and physically will be able to deal with the physical side of it. But look how they set up tactically. They start in a 4-3-3, Neymar as an eight, with um, with Paqueta, uh, Paqueta as an eight. And then they switch when they have the ball. Alisson gets the ball. They switch the system. So they go to three at the back. Danilo goes into midfield alongside Casemiro. So they make a three. It's it's three, two, um, two, three, I think. I, if if I've got my numbers in my head right, it's it's unbelievable the change of system. So 
So Rafinha goes high wide to the right. Vinicius Jr. goes high wide to the left. Neymar becomes a striker. He goes right through the middle up alongside Richarlison. And then the movement in midfield is incredible. So tactically, to stop them actually playing out is so hard. And then when they lose the ball, they've got bodies forward that they're able to go and press the ball quickly. But they always have four players back. I talked on it with, with Joe when I was on him last week. So they can't, they're so hard to be counted on. So if you look at a side and they go, yeah, you can get at Brazil. They're sending bodies forward. Watch them. I don't know if you get it, maybe with the RTE footage there that, that you're watching, when if the lads are doing a lot of their analysis on the tactical cam, but it's great to do your analysis on how the setup goes. And you can actually see within within that that they cannot be counted on. So Korea are, are all over the place trying to figure out how to, how to stop them when they're in possession, yet they win the ball. And they turn and they, they're swarmed upon straight away. So Brazil are winning the ball back quickly. And it's for the back four or the four players that sat in in, in, in defensive position, they don't have to do much running so that they, they're conserving energy for if they're able to be counted beyond and, and there's, a bit of a, there's a bit of a breakaway. So honestly, I mean, look at the goal that Korea scored. It had to be a worldie to, to beat Alisson, who made two, two or three actually decent saves that were long shots. So... I don't know. I, I think this side are the real deal in every way. Honestly, the real deal. They've got the, they've got the flamboyant. They've got the creativity. Yet they've got the, that real bit of solidity to the team as well. When you're speaking of uh, of Everton, the Brazilian third choice, Everton came off the bench last night as well. And like yeah. Didi Hamann had his comments on television afterwards, given out about the use of a, a third choice keeper in a, in a match like that is disrespectful, and the dancing was disrespectful as well. I think Roy Keane echoed that. Don't know what your take yeah. on that is. I don't, you have to again. I go back to I, I always remember Brazilian sides as a kid. I remember the dancing after scoring a goal and they're having fun. You know, when when are we going? Are we going to always say that 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 this game is totally? I mean, I I wouldn't have been able to do what those Brazilian players do. So if I was playing for South Korea, I'd be pissed and I'd be saying, you know, I, I don't. I, I'd be I'd be wanting to go and kick them. I was surprised I didn't get a reaction from South Korea that they didn't go around. Maybe that's. You know, in the, in their nature, a little bit those players that, that you know that they don't want to go around disrespecting opposition. But I would have been hacking them down as as much as I could. Probably would have been of the mindset. And as Irish lads as well, we probably would have had a couple of red cards in that game. But y- you can't take away as a spectacle watching it. We want to enjoy watching football. We want to see players playing with smiles on their faces. Look at the African side in this tournament doing warm ups and enjoying themselves. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've always, as I said, I've always watched Brazil sides having this enjoyment. It's a spectacle when they score a goal. They they appreciate what it means to actually score a goal at a World Cup final and they want to enjoy it. So I don't think bringing a third-choice goalkeeper on is, is, is disrespectful because everybody wants to play the World Cup and, and Chi-Chi, the coach, has recognised that and give them give them a game. And even I, I mean, I, I even saw that Chi-Chi getting involved in celebrations was disrespectful. It wasn't. The players are, the players are playing for him and you know, he looked embarrassed doing it, didn't he? He was embarrassed, but he just wanted to have a bit of crack with the lads, and that's all he was doing. So, yeah, it was a bit like that, wasn't it? And and the lads will be laughing about that now, and they move on to the next game, and and it's high spirits, ready for, um, ready for who they play now as well. I just forgot now, Croatia. Croatia. And let's be honest, saying talking about Croatia, I, I think they're going to destroy Croatia because they don't have the energy in the side, a few aging legs that's in their team. They, they struggled against Japan badly, so. I'd like to see them continue to enjoy themselves. Why not? I'm convinced it's a generational trauma and Catholic guilt that means Irish players never celebrated in that style. Have we ever tempted to just let loose and throw out a wee dance? I wish we, 
Well, it's because we can't dance. I think probably if you look at us, as, we're, we're stiff men, aren't we? we you know, we, we struggle to actually, as you say, we have the dad dance, okay. We celebrated our goals well enough. It might have been the celebration after the game had finished and I think that's how we like to do it. You know, Shane? Of course. Yeah, yeah. No point going furiously dancing. Well, good songs. Yeah, good songs. Good songs. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, Kev, you're a fan of Morocco. Uh, tonight's your night. I think so. I am... Um, Spain play well. They'll probably beat them in Spain, but I—that I, was my one one pick for that. I think with, you know, as much I heard um, Adrian saying it the other day, as much as we want a shock or two in a World Cup, when you get to the last eight, you want you want these matchups that we've got up to now, don't we? We've got incredible games um, for different reasons. So you know, Europe against South America, the big big nations against each other. We want that. But if there's one shot that I looked at for the last eight, watching Morocco, the power that they have in the team, how organised they are as well, good defensively, very good going forward, good players, uh, Jerry. I, this is the one thing. I, I think Portugal have too much for um, for Switzerland. Uh, although, I, again, I, I think Switzerland as well, they, they continue to surprise us. They continue to get results. So that wouldn't that, it wouldn't be a huge surprise, but I think Portugal will win. And, but this is the one I, I think uh, Morocco beat, beat Spain, yes. There's a good chance either or both of these games could go to extra time and penalties. Mm-hmm. It's at that stage of the tournament where, like, I really want to see the Spain team develop and blossom and explode and let the the, let yeah. the kids be the kids. Um, but this is one of those games where those kids are going to be up against grown men who see the opportunity of a lifetime to get Morocco to the quarterfinals against you know Portugal yeah. side who they would fancy themselves, like or even yeah. like even Switzerland. Switzerland, good, you know. But then, I mean, it's the it's the it's the quarter final that we want. We'd love to see Spain Portugal in a quarter final and look at the rest of the games. I, I think no matter what anyone says, we want the romance of, of shocks and we want these lesser teams to to go through. But imagine that Spain Portugal quarter final. That would be just an incredible game, clash of styles a little bit as well. It'd just be such a great watch. But I don't know. We'll see. If if, if all goes to plan, in Spain. Turn up and Gavi and Pedri produce what they what they can produce, and Morata continues to score the goals, and they 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 are able to hold off defensively. I'm not too sure about the goalkeepers; maybe a big issue as well. I think for them, um, and I don't I don't think at the back they're the, the best. I think there's, as I said before, there's real real pace in this Moroccan team. So Morocco could hurt them, and if they get a goal, I think they've got a, maybe a formula and a, and a strategy to, to to defend deep and and nullify a threat as well. So. There's different ways that I've seen from from Morocco where they can actually play. They can play a real attacking game, but they can also play a real defensive side game. So if they do get a goal, I think Spain will find it difficult to break them down. All right. Okay, great stuff as ever. Thanks a million. Thanks, Joe. Thanks very much. Cheers, Shane. Enjoy the games. Cheers. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 